Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. This week, the series of interviews with mayoral candidates running for office across Northumberland County continues. I will not be interviewing deputy mayor or council candidates. There's just too many of them. However, you can go to the radio station's website or the website for this show to find candidate information. This week, the first interview is with Susan Fedorka, candidate for mayor of Trent Hills. Here is Susan Fedorka. I'm so pleased to have with me today Susan Fedorka, candidate for mayor of Trent Hills. Welcome to Consider This. Hi, thanks for inviting me to come and chat with you. There may be some people who don't know you. So let's begin with you introducing yourself as a candidate for mayor. Well, um, I think the thing that people should know is that I've been here about seven, eight years now. I live in a rural setting. Um, I'm married and I um, have done many things in my life. I'm very inquisitive. I love to learn. I love to be exposed to different things. Um, I bicycle, but I don't bicycle like real enthusiasts. You know, I live in Trent Hills and Hills imply (laughs) at my age, um, they're a challenge, but I like doing that. And I've met lots and lots of wonderful here. And, you know, this is a great community and I'm very proud to be running, be mayor and to be, you know, the representative of the of the people. What have you done in your career? Um, I started a career working for a lawyer, a paralegal. So I was involved in, you know, doing contracts and stuff. And then my employer got really, really busy. So I did a lot of drafting of wills and divorces. I actually lived in Quebec initially. I grew up, I was born and grew up in Quebec. And then, um, I went back to school and I studied interior design. So I'm a designer, not a decorator, (laughs) as you might tell from my house. Um, I studied um, aging in place design back then, long before it was the thing to talk about. And then um, we went and lived in Europe. And when I came back, I taught at Centennial College. I taught um, business courses for the network administration program. So I've done lots of things. How are you going to make life in Trent Hills better compared to the last four years? Well, better is, of course, on a moving scale. You know, if you ask somebody what their definition of paradise was, it would be very different than mine is. But one of the things that I'm hearing um, when I'm out and about is that we need more healthcare um, physicians, obviously, but I'm happy to hear that the people are um, going to be con- 
I'm not content, but they're willing to accept nurse practitioners. And I think transparency. We have a bit of an issue in our community at the moment, but it doesn't impact all the communities because, as you know, Trent Hills comprises Workworth, Hastings, and Campbellford. And sometimes they don't always know what's going on in the other community. Um, and I think people want to know, what are you doing with my tax money? Why did you spend that tax money? How come we're spending so much of it? Uh, so those are the things I think um, not only me, but the other ca new candidates are all hearing. And we all believe that, you know, we pay taxes. We want to know what you're doing with the money. Can you give me an example of where transparency has failed under the current council? Well, it's hard to say that it's failed under the current council because I don't know if it's failed. It certainly feels that way. Well, we have an issue right now with a, a situation in Workworth, and it feels as if the council had the opportunity to let the people know about this situation, and they didn't. And now there's a problem. And again, because it's a moving situation, it's really hard to know what the true story is and so then of course in a small community like ours where everybody knows everybody the you know classic uh rumor mill gets started and once you get that going you've lost the narrative can you describe what this issue is and why it's been problematic and some of the things um, that you sort of alluded to well right now um i don't know if you've heard about it but there's um a new company or a new industry in Workworth, and they are testing a rocket, well, people say a rocket, but it's a rocket engine. And um, the issue is that it makes noise, apparently. Uh, I went to a testing last week, but it didn't ignite, so I didn't hear how loud it is. But apparently it is loud enough to disturb animals. Um, it's a cause for concern for a number of reasons. Some of them, you know, may be very, very valid. I don't live there. I'm not impacted by it. And some of them may just be people are just worried. I mean, you hear rocket, rocket, and everybody thinks jet fuel and, you know, explosions and takeoffs like NASA. That's not what this is. And the, the issue is zoning and who said what, and who believed what was happening and so we're in a bit of a, a, a sticky situation at the moment. I'd like to talk about some of the issues that Campbellford has been facing over the last number of years. And one of them you've already alluded to was um, health care. Now, in the news recently, uh, there has been temporary closures of the Campbellford Memorial Hospital's emergency department. Mm -hmm. What role do you see the municipality playing in assisting the hospital as it faces health a health care crisis? I think what the municipality has to do and what I see my role as is being continuously engaged, knowing what the challenges are and trying to be always at least on par with what's happening and not trying to always do catch up. And I'm certainly not interested in only showing up for, you know, pictures and, and handing out checks. I think it's really critical that we we have a really solid dialogue with the hospital and understand, but the situation is twofold. We're not unique and in Trent Hills and the Campbellford Memorial Hospital is no different than some of the big hospitals in Toronto. I just think it's 
we're, everybody's experiencing um, staff shortages. And maybe one of the things that I can do is go around and talk to nursing students and say, you know, why don't you come to our lovely rural community? We need people. And um, what can we do to entice you to come? Sometimes somebody in that titled position um, has some impact on the decisions people make. What evidence do you have that the current council and the current mayor haven't been engaged or um, haven't been involved in solid dialogue? I don't. So, so I, I mean, I'm not trying to be flippant with that answer, but I don't have a sense um, that there is an ongoing dialogue uh, simply because of the you just don't see them. You don't see them telling you anything or holding a press release and saying, you know, we had a meeting today and I just want you to know we're doing this, that or the other thing. I've got people at the hospital and, and other areas uh, giving me some feedback. I won't give credence to things that I'm not personally um, aware of. But that's the kind of thing people want to know. Did the mayor go to the hospital? Did he sit down with the interim CEO? Did they talk about his strategy? But we can't attract nurses if we don't have houses and we can't, I mean, it's a whole global or circular thing within any community. Ours is not unique. And I think that's some of the stuff that we feel is missing. One of the things that's been in the news in the last few months has been the fact that you're losing physicians in that area. How do you see yourself responding to that aspect of, of this crisis? Well, I've spoken and I'm very, very fortunate. Um, I have a wonderful family physician and we've spoken and it's important that the, the residents of Trent Hills understand, and I did write about this, that there are two different categories. There are hospitalists who work in the hospital and that's a particular speciality, I guess you would say. And then there's the family physicians and we are competing with other communities who have many different things that they can offer their uh, family physicians. So I have been very uh, much involved with nurse practitioners. And I, as I said a little earlier, our residents are quite comfortable with nurse practitioners. Not all of them. I'm not going to say everybody is willing to accept a nurse practitioner. There are people who feel entitled to um, a doctor that they've paid their property, they're they've paid their taxes in their during their working lives, and they want a doctor. But I think working with the nurse practitioners is going to be an easier road to hoe. Uh, they have to apply to the province as well for funding. But I've been involved with them, and I think we can we can make inroads there. Do you think it's a municipal responsibility to pay money? Uh, for doctor recruitment or to entice uh, healthcare professionals, like you were saying, nurse practitioners, to come to a particular community? Do you support that? So what kind of enticement are you talking about, like buying them a house or a car? Or... No, I believe there's a, a, a committee that uh, recruits medical professionals to come to a particular area. I know there's well, a committee there's... that exists and and the town pays money for it. And I just wondered if you support that I do because the money that the municipality gives is used by the um, recruiting um, committee to do advertising or to do a show and tell or a dog and pony show. And we 
we need them. It's all part of what I think the community feels is appropriate in order to attract them. And I mean, they're doing it down in other communities. We have to be competitive. How do you react to the county's plans for agricultural lands? Are you asking about the new agricultural mapping? Yes. Yes. Well, I like the idea that we're going to hold on to our farmlands. Um, I was at the presentation done here in um, Trent Hills, and there were some farmers there. I think we need to stay on top of it a little bit more. We need to, again, we need to get out to the residents or the farmers and talk to them and ask for their input. I can't I'm not a farmer. I'm blessed to have two or three uh, farmers that I consider friends or mentors or guide, guidance <laughs> counselors. And, you know, I would go to them and say, how do you feel about this? Who else can I talk to? It's their lands. And I believe that most of the residents in Trent Hills want to keep our farming land because we want our food grown where we live. And we, I mean, we don't grow bananas, I know that, but um, we would like to keep it green as much as possible. But we also recognize that the farmers have had many rough years, and this is no exception with, you know, the heat. We got rain a couple last week, but a little, um, a little too much, a little too late. So I think it's an important um, component of our development. And again, you know, if you're out talking to the farmers and they say, yeah, I support this, then you go to county and you say, yes, we're in favor. If they say no, you take their their um, concerns and make sure that their voices are heard. There's another aspect to the planning at the county, which is the protection of natural heritage. How do you respond to the county's plans to protect natural areas within Trent Hills? I think most of the residents would support that. Again, um, I live on 100 acres. I have a wooded acre. It's all woods. Well, there's swamps and stuff like that. I have no intentions of ever doing anything with it. I mean, I clean it up. There's a lot of dead debris. And I think that um, we have uh, residents who understand the importance of maintaining the um, ecological health of the community. So I think that maintaining our environment in a pristine condition or as best as we can is really important. Um, I don't, I haven't heard anybody who wants any massive development. I haven't heard that anybody wants us to be um, taking down trees or um, doing anything that will harm it. I think what we need to understand is that those of us who have moved here, moved here for the physical and the geographical beauty, we don't want a huge subdivision being put in where there was once green spaces. And I think people are much more aware of that now that we have had two years where, um, you know, we were locked down and we weren't able to get out. Planning committees, though, are jammed with people who are looking to develop individual lots. And with the county wanting to concentrate development in focused places like hamlets and villages and towns, are you concerned at all about this kind of piecemeal development and how it will impact the municipality? Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What do you think? Your use of the word piecemeal is excellent and bang on. 
we have or the people in in Trent Hills broadly speaking feel that we have the attitude you're going to come to Trent Hills yay you want to build something yay um and that's that's not sitting well with the residents especially when we have residents who are here who would like to have um age-appropriate housing. They would like to have smaller homes. I mean, we have an aging population here. Why are all the homes that are being built, not all of them, I, I correct myself on that, but a lot of them are being built as um, stack houses or, you know, two-story houses where everybody has to walk up and down the stairs. And, and we have residents who would like to sell their homes, stay in the community, but are not being offered um, what you know, you get in Oshawa and other areas called bungalows, where you live on the, the, the main floor and then there's a bungle, uh, there's a loft upstairs to send the grandchildren when they come to visit. So I think that the community as a whole wants to see a much more thought out planning. Do you get concerned at all, though? I mean, just before the provincial election and, and just afterwards, there's been a lot of talk about streamlining uh, the planning process. There's been uh, new systems introduced at the beginning of July that are going to expedite and get rid of what the provincial government is calling red tape. Uh, some planners have said that uh, municipalities are losing their powers to control the development. Does that worry you? At I'd have to see how it unfolds for small rural communities. I have seen that and I've read numerous articles and part of it is the planning process and the strategies and they want to, you know, rush things through a little bit. And just uh, this past weekend, um, the Builders Association listed five things that contribute to the high cost of housing and the, um, the, uh, this, the length of time that it takes for houses to be built. But until it unfolds, and until we see what is actually brought about, um, I don't think we should be as concerned as places like Toronto and stuff, because they they have a, a much faster need. Now, I would love to see more housing in our downtown core, but if you've been to any of the rural communities like Campbellford, or Workworth or Hastings, they've got old Victorian homes. We're not going to tear those down and put up, you know, generic looking concrete buildings. But, but how do we address then affordable housing or ensure that there are sufficient rental opportunities that are affordable for people? Well, two things. First of all, go to the people and ask them what they want. Before I came on the show, I was um, online with a woman um, who is an older woman and I said to her, what would your ideal space look like? What are you looking for if you were going to move? And we need to know what they want. And I think that's really important. I think families want a lot of spaces. Seniors want one floor. They want everything sort of in one area. Um, they want it to be aging in place appropriate. So, you know, you have walk-in showers, you have higher toilets, all of that. And I think we need to look at the land that is currently being used or not used. There are several um, areas in each community that could be developed and we need to explore those opportunities further. But until I am in a position to get that detailed information, there I can only speculate and suppose. What about homeless people? I mean, people are sleeping in tents and parks and other public spaces. Um, 
what do you think has to be done to address the immediate needs of these people and not just the sort of the mid and long-term issues of shelter, like affordable housing and rental that we just talked about? Well, I think one of the things, again, we have to do is, and, and I get this perspective from listening to the people in Toronto, you have to go to the people and ask the people, what can I do for you? I mean, I live in a house and that's important to me, but maybe for a homeless person, um, you know, what I, what I would call a garden shed would be, or, you know, a 10 by 10 would be adequate. They have their own privacy. They have their own plumbing. They don't need, you know, a big media room. They don't need a fully equipped kitchen with, a, you know, an island. What do they need? What do they want that will make them feel like they're no longer homeless? And I think we have to start there. Have you ever spoken to anybody that was homeless or facing that situation? Yes. And and can you share what happened? Um, so our, the homeless person, everybody has a story. And the, the homeless situation is, as sometimes happens, um, a, a relationship breaks up and a person is, one person is better off than another person. And, you know, what happens is people start couch surfing, right? You know, you go to your mom's and then your cousins and your sisters and stuff like that. And then it gets to a point where you're feeling very worthless. You're, you see the world around being different. And so then other issues happen. Fortunately, this person was able to not slide too far down the slope. Um, they got help and they were able to get on a list and get into, well, okay, it's a motel room, but it's, for them right now, it's their home. And that is that is a good thing because they have a roof over their head, they have privacy, they have security, um, they receive they're receiving some health care because they have a location now. So um, it can happen that way for everybody. But again, um, I shouldn't impose what I want out of my life on other people. Do you think Trent Hills needs an emergency shelter? I haven't heard that we do. I haven't heard that we need an emergency shelter. I have heard that we need cooling stations. Would that be something you would bring about as part of your mandate? Absolutely. In this heat, and when I see what some, I have been out in our community because I ran last time and didn't win. And I have seen people who do not have proper living conditions, even though they have a home. Opioids continue to be a critical issue in both Trent Hills and across the country. Can you tell us what you plan to do to address this issue? I think what we have to do is, first of all, identify how serious the issue is. I know we have serious um, health issues. Uh, some, I think our health issues are maybe a little bit more mental health issues. But again, sitting down with the people who are on the street, dealing with them, asking what they, they're seeing on the street. Right now, I don't know what that information is. It isn't publicly or readily available, or I haven't come across it. So I think it's important to talk to the people. I am on a committee. I sit 
in on a committee of um, healthcare providers who provide healthcare through mobile units. So they are the people not here in Trench Hills. Um, I'm hoping to bring something like that in. We do have a mobile unit for mental health issues, but I think what we need to do is bring in a, a mobile unit to deal with people who have um, substance abuse. And again, the, the models that I'm seeing in Toronto, down at Sherbourne and out in Western Ontario, they have a nurse practitioner, they do a number of other things for the people. And I think that's what we have to look at. We have to be aware of the problem and get it clearly identified and articulated so that we can then not waste time and energy and money on something that nobody wants or needs. I'd like to move on again. Um, what more can council do to help local business? Well, I think we can certainly um, bring in or support more events. I know our communities work really, really hard to uh, bring in music events. Hastings just had the Waterfront Festival. It was well attended. There were people from Oshawa and other locations. Um, all of the communities have, or two of the communities have, um, uh, their agricultural fairs and their big draws. So I think what we need to do is be more supportive. If we can help out with blue loos, if we can help out with a, a number of things so that they can keep producing stuff because we have a lot of energy for that. Um, the people on this on our main thoroughfares, I think we can certainly look at helping them with um, more more seating, for example, we do have an older population. So if we have more benches where people can sit while they're, they're partners in the store shopping, it's usually the man who's sitting there and, and the wife is inside or the woman, but it's not always that way, it depends. I mean, they do have benches in Home Depot that I spend a lot of time sitting on. So I think there's small things. And, and you know, once you make a small change, then you'll see other changes and you go, oh, that's great, let's build on that. This one's not really doing too much, but this one's great. So let's do that. So I think, and again, we have DIAs, we have, um, you know, uh, business associations. Speak to them as they want. Do we need to apply for more grants? Do they need money for science? Do they, what do they need? And, and we make it happen. You've mentioned a number of times uh, going to the people and hearing what they have to say. Which, I don't know, are you implying that this council has not been listening, has not been talking to people? I, I, I'm just un, unclear. Can you maybe elaborate on um, on that aspect of, of your comments? Well, I guess it depends on how you define that. One of the things that I will share with you is that um, I'm willing to bet you that a lot of people wouldn't be able to identify some of the counselors if they were walking down the street. Um, so there is that perception that the counselors have been counselors for so long, they just assume that everybody knows who they are. And they believe because they've lived here for a long time, all of them have lived here except for one all their lives. So they believe they know everybody and they're really, really well connected or they've got a... Um, a beeline or a, you know a, a party line to what's going on but 
I want to be out and I want to hear from you directly. I don't want Sally interpreting what you want to say or what you want to hear. And again, I may be very wrong, but I've been out there. I've seen what's going on. I've participated in events in all these and people are saying the same thing. You know, it's one thing for the for a resident to go to council and say, will you give me a permit to close the street down so I can do X, Y, Z? And they go, yes. But you never see them actually helping out unless there's some really big event where there's a celebrity coming or something else is happening. And I, I again, I live outside of town. I don't see anybody. So I'm just repeating what people are saying. And I have had a number of people say, oh, do you know who I ran into today? And it's a counselor. And I said, well, why is that a surprise? I didn't know who they were. Roads are vitally important. <laughs> what are your plans to keep roads maintained over the next four years? Ah, roads, roads, and more roads, right? Um, they just actually re-chipped and tarred my road, which I was shocked at because I've, I've only been here seven or eight years. And I think the year after I moved here, it was done. And yeah, there's a few potholes in it, but I really didn't think it needed to be redone. But again, I know who the gentleman is who's in charge of roads. And I'd like to sit down with him and ask him, you know, why was it done? My research found that it shouldn't have been done, but he may have a different perspective. And, um, you know, in, um, Forest Hill, they intentionally don't fix their roads because they don't want people driving by and gawking. I don't think that's quite the case here in Trent Hills. But we also have to look at the fact that we have farm equipment and we have a lot of heavy transportation trucks. So again, I want to sit down with the roads person and say, okay, what's the strategy? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And what's the what are we doing going forward? Are we going to chip and tar every three to five years or five to seven years? Or are we going to start paving where things last longer and that and I, I defer to him he's an expert I can read things but I don't know what's going on in real life there's going to be a major change in the way the OPP will be governed starting with your new term what is your view on the changes from the five individual OPP committees to one and do you think it's going to give more control Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know when you go from five to one, what that does. And I would have to see how that impacts our community, see what it does in terms of um, availability. You know, we're not down along the 401 Coburg um, Port Hope area. And so I'd have to again, sit down with people or have them come and do a presentation to council and tell us what the changes are going to be for us. Because what happens in Trent Hills isn't the same as what happens in Coburg or Port Hope. And so they may themselves have to be sitting there saying, well, how are we going to deal with Trent Hills? We have had very good OPP response lately. Um, and I hope that we can count on them to be as um, helpful in the future. But again, I would like to hear what they're saying and why they're doing what they're doing and then ask them questions so that they can answer my concerns or the concerns of the community. 
There's been a steady increase in property taxes uh, during the last number of years. Somewhere between 1% and 2%, and I'm just using round figures. What can you say to people listening who might be concerned about their property taxes going up during your term? Well, uh, <laughs> this is not going to be popular, I'm sure. But um, we didn't have um, the impact didn't do anything during COVID, right? And we had all these homes being sold and at outrageous prices. And I did write about this. And um, of course, there'll be an average. And then that will impact the mill run rate. And then taxes will be based on that. And they will, of course, go up. But I think we need, again, to, some of that is beyond our control. The county compels us to make a contribution to county costs. And then there's the cost to the school, which the provincial government dictates. So even if I came in and said, I'm not raising your municipal taxes at all, there's they may see a, a, a rise in their taxes just because of those two other components. And the other thing that I would like to sit and look at is can we make some cuts that would allow us for another year or two um, not to raise the taxes for the people? Uh, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know what people are willing to give up. You know, it's fine and well for everybody to say, oh, well, you know, cut our taxes, cut our taxes. Oh, but don't don't cut garbage and don't cut the new roads and don't cut snow plows. And so... You know, you have to have that dialogue. And I believe that if you go again, I'm, I'm saying this and I do genuinely believe it. If you talk to people and say to them, what are you willing to give up? Um, you may be very surprised. In our conversation, you've mentioned a number of times about talking to people and talking to staff and exploring certain issues and having to find out this and find out that there may be some listeners, not everybody, but some listeners who are listening and saying, why would I want to pick somebody who has to learn on the job versus somebody who might have a lot of experience? Well, how would you respond to somebody like that? Um, that learning on the job was thrown out at me at the last election. And I think that if, people are concerned about that, um, I would say to them, if I'm not learning on the job, I'm giving you the same old, same old, same old. I'm not, I'm not exploring new options for you. I'm not seeing if we can make savings. I'm not hearing someone else's perspective. All I'm doing is giving you the photocopy of the year before, and I'm not doing anything to see if I can make our world better, if I can make your community better, if we, the new council, hopefully it'll be a new council, can do things differently. I'm not faulting anybody. My style is to be out there talking to people, hearing them, listening to what they say, saying to them, you know what, I want to, I want to look at that further. Some people will just say, you know what, this is the way we've done it. We know what the outcome is. You spend this much money, you do this. But we are in a, a really critical point right now. The world is becoming very, very competitive. We're not the only rural community in Ontario looking to get nurse practitioners, doctors, um, appropriately priced housing. We have got to compete on a very, very large scale. And the, the council has had four years. They've actually had eight years. This is an eight, these, the council's been together for eight years. So if 
the current voters feel that they are doing a really good job, then they get to vote them back in. But I think you've got to learn on the job. Look at all the things we're learning. You and I are Zooming at this moment, and and then this is going to be a, a, a radio show. Lots of people thought they'd never change, and they're walking around with cell phones. They Zoom or they FaceTime with their grandchildren. Everybody has to learn. It's a state of the world. What do you do when you're not doing politics or running for mayor? How do you relax, or what do you do for fun, or do you have any hobbies or guilty pleasures? Okay. Um, during COVID, I completed a certification in deaf, dying, and bereavement at Wilfrid Laurier. So I now do um, bereavement counseling um, with um, bereaved families of Ontario. I um, have a small garden business. Uh, I wrapped it up this year just because of the, the economy, but I have extensive gardens in my own home. I run. No, well, I shuffle. I ride my bicycle. I read extensively. I read lots and lots and lots of things. Give us an example. What do you like to read? Titles. Well, I have done a lot of reading on bereavement, and the titles sort of elude me right now. My guilty pleasure right now is I'm reading a Donna Leone, um, Guido Brunetti, um, murder mystery. I've read many of hers, but I read a lot of articles. I, I read, I get three newspapers on Saturday and my guilty pleasures on Sunday. I have a cup of coffee and I just go through the three newspapers and just relish all the things that they offer. And I listen to you sometimes. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> Why will you be a good mayor? I will be a good mayor because I believe that I have new ideas to bring to our community. I have um, a different type of energy. I have a different type of um, focus for us. I believe that you do best when you include everyone. And it's not an easy process. And you, you teach, I taught. Um, you have to hear everybody's perspective because they're all paying your salary. And that's a truism in the municipal election, municipal situation as well. And I believe that um, I will be a good mayor because I believe we've got new people coming on and we share similar ideas. And so we will be offering the, municipals, the municipality good things, just good things, you know. Maybe that's a little trite. Maybe people are looking for something, you know, really earth shattering, but we have a good community and the, the current council has done a good job to, to provide the residents with what they want. But I think after eight years, it's time that we look at a new approach to moving us forward, especially as we, um, as I said earlier, compete more and more on a global stage for fewer and fewer resources. Susan Fedorka, thank you very much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. That was Susan Fedorka, candidate for Mayor of Trent Hills. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. 
If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.